2: Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross.
1: Good evening and welcome to Haunted Nights Live, where your hosts, authors Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. If you're listening online, please click the follow button. For more information on the show, you can visit our Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. To learn more about your hosts, you can visit our websites at tamarathorne.com and alistaircross.com. You can also give our Haunted Nights Live page a like on Facebook or visit our mutual blog at Thornandcross.wordpress.com. Finally, we are on Twitter at, at Thorn Cross. Uh We'd like to give a special thanks to W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. This is a copyrighted trademark podcast owned solely by the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. Um, welcome and thank you for listening. Um, if you've been following us, you've heard that we're looking for true ghost stories. Um, if you have a true ghost story and you'd like us to read it on the air, Email it to us at hauntednightslive@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And by emailing, you're agreeing to our guidelines, which can be read at my website at alistercrosscom backslash ghosts. Uh, your ghost story needs to be anywhere from 300 to 1,000 words, and it must be ready for us to read on the air. Unedited stories that need serious rewriting will not be considered.
0: Now, we won't use any last names, including yours, but if you want us to credit the story to your full name, you can give us written permission. Yeah. Uh, don't post your stories on Facebook or send them in private messages. They must be emailed to hauntednightslive@gmail.com at gmail.com to be considered.
1: Yes. Uh, okay, so on with the show. Our first ghost story tonight comes from Andrea on Facebook. Uh it's a very spooky story about a haunted house that she lived in and uh I'm gonna give it I'm gonna turn it over to you, Tamara. This is Andrea's story.
0: Okay. Andrea says it's Andrea from Facebook and I have a ghost story. You can use my name. Every house that I've ever lived in has been haunted, and this is my most memorable one. I lived in a house and woke up one night to the sound of big band music. As I started downstairs, I heard clear as a bell a voice say, Uh-oh, it's time to go. The music immediately stopped. After that, I started noticing that things moved around. My TV channels would change, and Maggie, my cat, would act really weird. One night, I felt someone sit on the edge of my bed, and I almost had a heart attack. I grabbed the pepper spray that I keep in my nightstand and turned on my bedside lap, but there was absolutely no one there. I named I the ghost, Louie, because it seemed appropriate. And so right then and there, I told him that I didn't mind that he was there, but that the next time he scared me like that, oh, I'm good tonight. The next time he scared me like that, I would have to ask him to leave. Very clearly, I heard a man's voice say, "I'm sorry, I won't do it again." But while he still moved stuff around, Louis never did scare me again. I was talking to an older lady one day in the neighborhood who told me that her grandparents used to live in my house and that her grandpa died in bed. Take one guess as to what his name was. Yep, that's
1: right. It was Louie. Very nice. Very nice. Good story, Andrea. Thank you for submitting. <laughs> Thank and you. And speaking of damn good stories, tonight's guest is the author of the best-selling gay vampire novel, Bite Club, and the Lupine sequel, The Trouble with Harry. Uh, Tamara, give us a few highlights from his bio.
0: Okay. Uh, these are just highlights. You can read the entire tale on the show page. Hal moved to West Hollywood in the 1980s and has rarely left the city limits during the past several decades. He's been an entertainment lawyer, a scheduler for a 976 sex telephone line. i got to find out about that. A theater <laughs> reviewer and the personal assistant to a television star. And I really want to find out more about that. Uh, he's also owned Heavy Petting, a pet boutique. Where all the movie stars shop for their Pomeranians. He's also owned an exotic bird shop, and he recently married a man roughly half his age, who had no idea that Liza Minnelli and Judy Garland were related. He believes that the use of hair dye is believes that the use of hair dye is rarely an adequate substitute for Viagra. Maybe sometimes.
1: <laughs> Very nice. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome author of the West Hollywood Vampire series, Hal Bodner. Hello, Hal.
3: Hey, Hi, how you guys doing?
1: Good, Hi. how are you? <laughs>
0: uh, yes, we had quite i I'm listening
3: a... to the ghost story. I'm expecting Zelda Rubinstein to jump out of my computer screen at me.
0: <laughs> she could. I, I like the second poltergeist where she turned into like a big can of exploding pumpkin.
3: <laughs> I, I,
0: you
1: know, I knew, well,
3: I knew, I knew <laughs> Zelda, but I didn't, I didn't. I actually only saw that one movie she did.
1: Just the she was of, she was tiny, right? Wasn't she like really yeah. really tiny?
3: Yeah, she was a little person. Yeah,
1: Ooh, yeah, she was okay. a little
3: person, and and okay.
1: she she would
3: she, every once in a while she'd get kind of sensitive about it if somebody was kind of obnoxious.
1: Oh really? Yeah, I see. I didn't know that. I just I always just noticed she seemed so small. She's was cute. She's so cute.
3: <laughs> yeah, if you had said that, she would have she would have punched you in the knee. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: yeah, if you said you were cute, Zelda would have punched you in the knee. Yes, yeah, Zelda, Zelda was, I liked her. I liked her. She she had a, she had a mouth on her, but, you know, so do I. <laughs> oh, good. Hi. Yeah, we want to hear the mouth. In fact,
0: what, the first time I noticed you, I started watching your page because you were so funny. Uh, you complained about the Russian neighbors and the people Oh, my God, their- yeah. Oh,
3: <laughs> You're
2: hysterical. It's true. My she life said, is a cabaret,
3: and Liza Minnelli yes. has fled the building. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's true. She told me. you to have like, nice check out this guy? Read his Facebook status. They're hilarious. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I've been watching okay.
3: you for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't. I can't win for losing on Facebook because you know I'm 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 I'm, I'm wait wait wait. Shh. I'm a homosexual. I'm gay. Shh. Don't let anyone oh, well. know. Okay, just between oh, the well. three of us. All right. um, so, you know, I have I have a bunch of friends that are very, very religious and very, very kind of, you know, born-again conservative, blah, 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 And, of course, that they like me, but that freaks them out. And then politically, I'm really kind of, like, to the right of Attila the Han. So all of my liberal friends and all my, you know, like, they freak out. So I just can't win for me. <laughs>
2: you
3: know. I had this t-shirt once when I was in college that said, Nuke gay whales for Jesus, and I think that kind of... <laughs> You know, kind of explains everything.
1: Um, so then, how do you, how too. do you feel if someone says that you're cute? Do you punch people if they call you cute? How do you? <laughs> Honey,
3: I, I'm 52 years old and the size of a Volkswagen bus. If somebody says that I'm cute, I buy them a condo. Are you kidding?
1: <laughs> All right. And then. you have a beautiful young husband. Talk oh my you.
0: god! Hello. Hmm? Hello. Are you there?
3: Yeah, yeah, I lost you for a second. What were we saying?
0: Oh, okay. I wanted to hear about your your bridegroom, your groom, groom. Oh, my my husband. Yes.
3: Yeah. Oh, he's he's great. He's great. Um, it's it's so funny. People ask us where we met. We were we were an online date. We were a cup. Um, oh. And it just it we really were. I mean, we met on an online kind of kind of you know, waka waka site. Um, and uh-huh. which is not as 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 scandalous in the gay community as as you would think. I mean everybody does it. Um oh, yeah. and um uh, if there are any gay people re, re- listening no, not grinder. Um <laughs> but we, we met on the we met on the site and we just we really hit it off and, and you know it's a problem because you know I'm I was I'm almost old enough to have voted for Nixon. You know, I mean I'm I'm fifty two. And he I was in my forties when we met and he was twenty five. And wow. um uh, I was really um, messed up about that. Um, and he actually was smarter than I was. We had been together for about four months. And I will not use a bad word. He said, um, You know, you need to get over this age thing or you're going to mess this up. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gradually I did. But, you know, the trade off was, you know, I mean, we we're, were lying in bed one night and I, and I said to him, You know, honey, give it a rest. I, I'm almost 50 years old. If you break it, you can't play with it anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, you know, right. oh, yeah, swear. it's
3: seems not right because it, it's. It, it, I don't understand the where. I, I don't always understand where the world is going. I mean, I tell people oh, I would. If, if you if you look in the, the um, either the introduction to Bike Club or the introduction to the new edition, um, mm-hmm. I, I write this thing about I would have made a lousy vampire, and it's true. I don't deal with change at all. <laughs> you know, I'm not good.
0: <laughs> it gets harder and harder, doesn't it? <laughs> oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: All right, well, so speaking, yeah. speaking of vampires, um, we it was, when we yeah. were looking at your, also when we were looking at your, uh, Facebook, uh, statuses and then totally loving them. Another thing Tamara told me, we, then we then looked you up online and we were, and, uh, she was investigating you and she's like, Oh my gosh, check out like, you know, some of your excerpts and stuff like that. And we were reading those I'll and absolutely loving them. These, these books, yeah. uh, this West Hollywood vampire series is absolutely delightful. Um, I am curious about your vampires. Um, there's so many different variations of vampires uh, these days. What actually got you interested in writing vampires, and, and, and uh, how did you go about deciding what kind of vampires you were going to write?
3: Yeah, it, you know, it's very funny. I stole from the best. <laughs> I really All right. did. Um, <laughs> I was, I'm, I, it's, you know, in the horror community, I'm kind of an oddball because I don't, I don't watch horror. I don't even, I, and if, and later on, we'll, I, I'm sure we'll talk about zombies. Um, we had a big thing about, uh, about paranormal erotic romances with zombies. And but bunch of people said, no, 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 no you, you can't do it. You can't do it. And I said, sure you can't, because i have never seen a zombie movie. You know, to me, zombies oh. are, you know, really hot Caribbean guys. You know, what, what, what can't you do, Right. <laughs> So, um, but with vampires, vampires were like kind of an easy read. You could, you could read them and they could be horror stories and they didn't keep you up at night. Um, I had a uh, I don't know how old you guys are, but when we were kids, there was something called a bookmobile that used to come to grade school.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
3: it was a, a big van it had books in it. And by accident, one, once so I was, I was probably about third or fourth grade, um, I, bought, I picked up this book that I thought was a comic book uh, because I was not allowed to have comic books when I was a kid and because it had, like, this really cool thing on the front. And I, I was a reader, so I had to pick up, like, seven or eight books. I mean, they were, like, $0. 25 cents a piece back then. And it turned out to be Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I was terrified of the book when I realized that the cover image was, like, this evil undead vampire thing um, but I, but I did read it, and 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 as time went on, I, you know, vampire stuff was really easy. It, it was an easy read. It, it didn't it didn't challenge me too badly, and it didn't keep me up at night. And I just got into vampires. And then, when I was in college, I met a woman by the name of Kay Hammett, who I think is probably gone by now. And she was she was talking about Stoker's Dracula, and her ideas about Dracula were that it really was a product of literature. And, and that it was a, 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 a reflection of the Industrial Revolution. And it was all this long hair, touchy-feely stuff, but it resonated with me. So I wrote a thesis on vampires. And back in 1980, whatever the hell it was, 83, 84, whenever it was, there weren't that many vampire books. You could read everything that was out there. It was doable. Um, and yeah. that's how I got involved. I, I just kind of became an expert on that 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 particular more, uh
2: huh.
3: Nice, nice. So, and that that's how I started out. Um, and I, I and of course you know it, I, your your readers are gonna your listeners are gonna hate this, but I mean I mean Drake is a terrible book. I mean it's <laughs> so badly written, <laughs> Just awful. Yeah, read It's really. Awful. I mean, I, I just, you know, Dacre Stoker is Bram Stoker's nephew, and Dacre's a sweetheart. And we were sitting talking one day, and he we was talking about Dracula, and I said, Dacre, but it's so bad. Why do <laughs> you
0: want to make Dacre wrote a sequel? And I was like, oh, my That's God, hilarious. it's so bad. Uh, it's nice. The movie with Keanu Reeves as, uh, what's his name?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Marcus. Yeah, Jonathan Harkin. He can it to Vampire 2?
3: Yeah. Oh, my God. That's right. He was, yeah. I, oh, okay, God. He used to go to my he used to go to my gym. He used to go to my gym when uh-huh. I went to, when I went back when I went to the gym. Um <laughs> okay. and I remember him asking, Oh God, I, I forgot about the story. This has got to be twenty five <laughs> years ago. Um and I remember him asking, uh, because he said he was an actor. Well this is LA. You know, everybody's yeah. an actor, right? Sure. So I didn't know and he said, Did you see you know, Graham Stoker's Dracula?
1: And, <laughs> and I mean I he
3: probably wouldn't even remember me at this point Because I don't think I'd seen him in twenty five years. And he oh. said, um he said, Yeah, did you see Bram Stoker's Dracula? And I said, Dude, I I watched it for twenty minutes and I felt like I had been alive for six hundred years. <laughs> nice. I just hated I mean there are really good vampire films out there. I I don't think yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula was one of them.
0: Yeah. You know. No, but, I think
3: the family Guy version oh. of that was better. Yeah. Or the yeah. Uh, Simpsons version. Let me call it Gally Omen as Dracula. That was odd, but I like the hair. It's like the butler with fangs, you know. I mean, he's so British.
2: (laughs) You
1: also have also another notable thing about your writing is um, you have um, a lot of humor, and uh, we both are big fans of uh, you know humor in uh, in horror. And um, it's interesting that you don't. You know, is, is is humor something that you you said you don't watch horror? Do you watch a lot of comedy, or do you deliberately well, I put started that out, kind I started of out. In?
3: I started out writing uh, on stage, you know. I started out as a playwright, and I was a comedy writer. Uh-huh. And and I remember writing a, a play that I thought was a serious drama. I mean, I really did. I, I it was <laughs> a serious drama about the decline of this family. Um, and we were doing a, a table reading of the show. And um, people were cracking up, and I said I was very upset because I thought I had written, you know, and and the 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 Betty Compa, who was actually uh, uh, Meredith Wilson, who wrote Music Man. She was she was his secretary for years, and she was dean of the university I was at at the time. Um, she said, "This is very funny. This is farce." And I said, "No, it isn't. It's it's actually kind <laughs> of like my life." <laughs> They're based on real people. But I just I just have a weird way of looking at things. Now it's interesting that you say humor is horror because one of the problems being, you know, a fairly well known name in the horror community. I mean everybody knows me. Um um it's it's really, really tough to get people to read me, um, because I'm funny. And I've actually had people um well, like for example, I made the short list for the uh, for the Bram Stoker preliminary ballot, uh, they were just announced a couple of days ago, and this is uh-huh. a uh, short story I, I, I wrote. It made the shortlist, but it's really tough to get people to to read um, comedy. And when the trouble with Harry made the shortlist a couple of years ago, I had people tell me out straight out, I won't read, I won't read it, I won't vote for it, and uh-huh. I won't read it because it's funny, and and I don't believe there's that humor and horror get together. And of course, my response was, well, what about Robert Block? Uh-huh.
2: Really? You know, because he was
3: very yeah. funny. And, yeah. and and somebody who I adore without pause just turned to me and said, well, Hal, you're no Robert Block. And <laughs> woman, oh, maybe not, an, maybe more attractive. But, no, I mean, the truth was it was just, <laughs> it, it's rough writing comedy in horror because getting people to even read you is like pulling teeth. Um, it's very tough,
1: very tough. Yeah. Well, yeah, how about... And, uh, Another thing that that I'm really curious about: How is it you write not only you know horror, but also you know gay horror? How does that go over? How did that happen? <laughs>
3: the, the expression is like a lead balloon. Um, yes, yeah. it goes over like a lead balloon. I, I'm getting serious for a minute. I'm, I'm an old gay rights activist. I mean, I was I was out there with gay rights when you could be beaten up and thrown into jail. I mean, I was because I had to. That's what that was my life. That's what I did. Uh-huh. Um, I remember my mother when I was a kid saying to me, well, you know, you can be a professional who happens to be gay. Uh, you can be a gay professional, but you don't have to be a professional gay. And my answer was, well, what the hell is wrong with being a professional gay? I mean, we yeah. need people who are professionally gay right now because we're a minority that's not acknowledged. So it was it, it, writing, it's what I do, it's what I know. Um it's very trendy now to be pro gay marriage, pro everything, but, but I and, and I, I know that I'm, I, I'm supposed to be funny and fluffy, but this is a serious moment. He said cryingly, um, uh, "A lot of the straight straight world is accepting of gay people as uh-huh. long as we are pink versions of straight people." Oh, and and this is something that I violently, 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 in the core of my being, object to. And and although I am thrilled that I am married, I have a wonderful husband. I adore him. He puts up with me, which is amazing. Um, uh, you know, had it not been for all of the marriage laws and things like that, I never would have gotten there because it's a very straight thing to do. And and I find in the writing a lot of people – I had people when, when, when Hot Tub, which is the piece that, that, that we're hoping makes the Stoker nomination, um, when I put it out there for the HWA readers to read – um I put a, a note in the in the initial you know announcement um if you're offended by the subject matter, matter spare me. Don't yes. freaking read it. Because when Harry was up, I had people tell me that I was depraved. <laughs> I had people tell me I was depraved. They don't get it. Um and and that's okay. I'd rather people uh. say to me, you know, Look, you ditzy faggot, I can't stand your lifestyle, I think you're a pervert, I think you're damned to hell, blah, 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 I'm cool with that, at least I know where they stand, uh-huh. but the people that say, I don't care if you're gay, straight, black, white, yellow, green, or purple, for some reason, it's always green and purple, I don't know why, <laughs> um, but do you have to flaunt it? Do you have to kiss your boyfriend in public? I don't care, why is it all about sex? What, straight people yeah. don't 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 be public. And the truth is, yeah, straight people do. Yes, they do. I mean, not yes. even not even on television. Go to any major city in the world other than West Hollywood or South Beach and look at the billboards. Right. Exactly. You've got a, you've got straight couples, you know, nine months away from a bouncing bundle of joy. You know, selling mm-hmm. hand cream. And and I'm I'm real <laughs> militant that way. So you know, so it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. And people say to me, why don't you write straight? Why don't you write mainstream? I don't know how many agents and publishers have said that. Why don't you write mainstream? When you do something a little more mainstream, let us know. And it's it's really rough because this is what I do. This is what I am.
1: Right. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know what? You I know what? I actually I commend you for for sticking to your guns because I think that that would be a really tempting thing to do to say you know sure I'll do that I'll you know do what you ask me to do, but, you know, I think it's cool that you didn't. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I Harvey
3: Fierstein, Harvey Fierstein had ha- oh, ha- like ha- once said, somebody asked Harvey, why does he do drag? You know, why is he so obvious? Why does he go out of his way to do drag? And Harvey's response was classic. Harvey said, oh, darling, I look like hell. I can't walk in flats. All right. <laughs> 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 And I can't—I mean, me in a straight world is like, you know, a, a, like what's that old joke, a fish with a bicycle. I mean, I'm just, I just don't do it well.
0: I wanted to make the hero in one of my novels, the, the main character, the protagonist, gay. And my editor told me, do a secondary. You know, it won't fly. And so I had to make he, his best friends were gay instead. I had
3: to make it well, I mean, not to to pull people out and, and, and do them, but, you know, um, I remember, you know, if you read Peter Straub's Coco, the protagonist mm-hmm. in that is supposed to be gay. Um, and and Peter knows about as much about, I mean, Peter's a nice guy, but he knows about as much as gay people as I know about auto-mechanicry. And,
2: yeah. and
3: in the fourth or fifth book, Peter has the guy just jump into bed with a woman for no reason, because it was a plot, you know, plot thing. And I remember oh, in San Francisco, yeah, seeing, seeing Lee Thomas took him to task for it. I mean, Lee really yeah. took him to task for it. And I, I, you know, Brian Keene, who I just adore. I mean, I, I, Brian is the zombie guy. I mean, Brian's a good friend. I love him to bits. I tease him mercilessly. Um, but Brian did a book where his character was a gay black man. And my, my answer uh-huh. to that was, oh, Brian, no. Oh, dear, no, no. Because <laughs> there was nothing gay about this man. There was nothing black about this man. Uh, right. And I teased Brian about it, you know. I mean, this guy uh-huh. was about as, as as gay as John Wayne, <laughs> you know, and and, yeah. and 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 you know, about as black as Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, the guy just was not, but that's, you know, Brian did. And my attitude is, you know, I don't think, it's not that I don't think straight people can write those characters, but you're going you to, have to have those characters a, have a reason, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to, your best friends have to be gay for 20, 30 years before you're anywhere near
3: qualified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I go that far.
2: But
3: we were Tara and I were talking earlier before the broadcast. I mean, hell, you know what? If Zach Efron were to go gay tomorrow, I wouldn't require him to have twenty years of experience. It's okay. <laughs> no,
2: that's
0: <laughs> that's okay. But to,
3: but
0: to know the the headset and, and the mindset. I honestly have, have ran my gay characters past my gay
3: friends to make sure they hit, but that's you know. Well, yeah, and I mean as a writer, and talking as a writer now, people are people are people are people, okay? Yeah. I mean, and 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 there are some people like like okay, for example, in 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 my comedy work in Bike Club, excuse um, me, in the new superhero series that's coming out, Fabulous and Tights, um, <laughs> it, 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 nice. it's interesting. People <laughs> say to me, "There's no sex in my books." I mean, there's not. Yeah. In the comedies, but people say to me, they're so gay
2: because uh-huh. the
3: essence the quintessential essence the culture is gay and my my husband's um little brother at the fraternity read Bike Club, and he said, "My God, it's so gay, so what do you mean there's no sex in it?" And he said, How you don't understand." normal, regular, straight, heterosexual people don't do the things you people do. And we were talking about it, (laughs) and he was right about something. And I'll give you an example. When you go food shopping, right? Uh Uh-huh. You go food shopping because it's close or because they're having a sale, right?
0: No, I go to
3: Trader Joe's because nobody brings kids in there.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's that's close.
3: That's getting close. But you have these reasons. (laughs) In a gay ghetto like West Hollywood... Uh-huh. we go to Rock and Roll Ralphs on Sunset or Pavilions in Boystown because the guys are really hot. <laughs> oh, that, that's a good reason. Yeah. You know, and and that kind of pervasiveness, that kind uh-huh. of pervasive sexuality is part of our culture and it pervades my books. And as a result, um, they become really, 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 really super gay even though there's no gay sex going on.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Ah. That's I never thought about that.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, you should <laughs> see my later Joe's though. Woof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of them aren't straight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, where, where
0: are you, Tamara? You're what part of the world? Oh, I'm talking about the one in. I shouldn't even say well, Claremont. I'm near you.
3: Oh, you're near me. You're in Claremont.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, you. Have, yeah. Oh God, yes. I know. I I. what back in my youth, I dated a couple of boys from Claremont. Yeah. it's. <laughs>
0: It's
1: nice around here. <laughs> so, so speaking of these, speaking of these beautiful boys, <laughs> how do you get them? How do you get them into books? What do you, you know, tell us a little bit about how you do your character development? Because I think that your characters are uh, one of the things that really makes uh, your writing pop, actually. And uh, I'd like to hear how you do that.
3: I, you know, it's interesting. I, 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 somebody said which characters? I think all characters. I, I don't think you could write a character unless some element of yourself is in it. Um, yeah. When you look at Bike Club, I mean, there there are elements of Chris in me. There's elements of oh, God knows. There's elements of Troy in me. There's elements of Pamela Berman in me. I mean, there's all of these things in me um, where uh, that happened. So I think that when you're when you when it comes time to write the character, I don't think you can you can prevent yourself from infusing. Something of yourself in the character, and it's not always a positive thing. I mean, sometimes it's an issue that you're working through, you know, that that's a personal issue that, that you go into character. But where you get the characters from, you know, it's interesting. I, I, my I, club was uh, all the characters in Bike club were based very loosely, he said, for legal reasons, um, <laughs> on real people. As a matter of fact, um, the person that the mayor Daniel Eversley is based on um, realized it was him and Uh he said to me you know how i should sue you for libel for this character but if i did it i would be admitting that i'm a complete incompetent and i'm not willing to do that (laughs) which i thought was very funny and he was kind of half joking but but Uh in my club you know the characters are all loosely based on real people Yes. um and, uh, yeah, and as a matter of fact, a friend of mine, uh, uh, when Bike Club came out, called me and he said, oh my God, Pamela Berman lives in my apartment. I said, well, yeah, actually she does, you know, which is pretty funny. But, um, but you know, you get you get ideas for characters from a variety of places. And, and I'll give you an yeah. example. Um, uh, uh, my husband and I were invited to a, 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 an alternative gay social group, we'll put it that way, um, that we had never been to. Uh, before, So we went with a friend of ours who's kind of out there to this uh-huh. club, um, and we walk into this club, and, you know, and I'm expecting, you know, kind of like an adult Tupperware party, you know. Yeah. I'm kind of expecting somebody to come out and, you know, oh, here's satin sheets and, you know, strawberry-flavored love oil, right? I mean, this is my uh-huh. idea, right? <laughs> right? And we walk in, and there are chains, and there are, I mean, it's oh. a bloody, Freaking dungeon, right?
2: Ah. <laughs> and I'm
3: like, okay, there's no Tupperware here, because I'm like ah. completely flummoxed by this thing. This is just a friend of ours, so we we walk through and we're watching to see what's going on, and there's some pretty graphic stuff going on in some parts of this thing. And you know, and I'm I'm I mean, my my acquaintance with leather is brushed suede. <laughs> you know, I mean, I suede shoes. You know, that's my, you know, a, a nice yeah. lizard belt. You know, this is my my life. And it was bizarre. It was, it was really out there. And, had, and there's there's this, this friend of ours is really into it. And so we walked into this back room, and there's all this horrible stuff going on. And there's huh. this gentleman who is wearing a white suit with a vest and a a powder blue um, shirt with a little teeny uh uh navy blue bow tie. And he's kind of cherubic. He's kind of like Santa Claus without the beard.
2: Uh-huh.
3: And he's he's rather portly. And he's sitting in a chair watching this this stuff going on, with his arms folded in his lap, not doing anything, just folded, yeah. with this uh-huh. sort of weird half smile on his face. <laughs> and he's okay. just turning around and looking at the various things. And I see this guy You know, in the midst of all this insanity going on, you know, people hanging (laughs) from the rafters and you know, (laughs) bare-breasted women running all over. I was was (laughs) and I said, "This is my next villain." Oh, and and he was. He became the zookeeper in um, in um, a study in spandex. He (laughs) became the zookeeper. And it's, it was just it was just really weird. And that's—and you get the idea of the character from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they um, come and all what, over. Yeah, and what, what appealed to me wasn't so much that it was a, you know, a, guy, a very pale, cherubic guy in a white suit. What appealed to me was it was a cherubic kind of, you know, Tennessee Williams kind of guy in a white suit
2: in uh, the middle of a
3: sex torture dungeon. I mean, I thought it was hysterical. It is. It totally is. <laughs> I yeah. love it. You expect him to pull out his pocket handkerchief and start wiping things up. <laughs>
2: nice.
0: <laughs> oh, the images you just gave me.
1: <laughs> yeah, and Alice is saying
0: I'm never inviting him on
2: the
1: show again. No, no. no. <laughs> whatever, I, whatever. I think we you're cute. I want a condo. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Have you seen.
0: Alistair, Alistair says, What's the address of this club again? No. <laughs> and have you seen Alistair? Have you seen his pictures on Facebook? No, I haven't. Oh, you should look. Okay, oh, I'm, yum, I'm yum. going to right,
1: right oh. now. <laughs> whatever. Jeez. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <Whatever. laughs>
2: oh, Oh. No. <laughs> Thank well, you. Anyway. Awesome. I'm looking. am Oh, he's so
3: cute and intense. Yeah, I'm intense. Did you
1: find yes, him? Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but so, wait a minute. There's no way. Where's the Where's the pictures of you? There's like this black and white thing. Wait, that's not you, the blonde, is it? He is yeah, blonde. Yes. Oh, he's, he's adorable. Blonde, isn't he awesome. awesome.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> he's a hunk. He's blushing.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, probably.
3: No, but... <laughs> okay. camera. stop it. Okay, get over it.
1: All right. Yeah. Back to you, Hal. All right.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay, that's, not you. that's not you, Alistair. That's
1: Chet.
0: <laughs> There's one picture there that I especially like. I call him Aragorn in that picture.
3: That's, okay. that's what he's... No, wants. I was going to say, that's Chet Williamson. That's not you. Oh, yeah. so.
2: <laughs>
0: well, he's pretty nice
3: looking, too.
2: <laughs>
0: Did you
3: do younger. an interview with Chet?
2: We did. Yeah, we a couple him, of weeks ago.
3: Like, yeah, yeah, like, he's, I, he's a, yeah. He's great. Yeah. He is, is a wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah, he's he great. He is
2: way
0: back in the last century, early on when Quinn Yarbrough was the president, and he was, I don't remember when he was secretary, whatever. I was treasurer in HWA land back then. So we all right. worked together. Oh, and that okay. reminds he's, he's,
3: me. He's, he's a great guy. Go ahead. What
0: He is. Uh, that reminds me, you mentioned
3: that Quinn is one of your um, inspirations. Yeah, I, I loved. Uh, I was. I I loved Quinn's work. I you know back in the eighties when I started reading vampire fiction, modern vampire fiction was limited to um, Stephen King's book, mm-hmm. um, Salem's Lot. Um, Anne Rice had just written Interview. Yeah, um, and I think she can, the interview was 78, I don't remember when Lestat came out, but it was a a couple of years later, Um, and Quinn. And Quinn had written this, I think she had written three books at that point. Hotel Trans, I don't remember the others. Hotel Transylvania, The Palace, and um, Blood Games. Blood Games. And I just devoured them. Um, Because, see, the thing about Quinn is is, she's such a freaking good writer oh i mean she's so you 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 read her stuff and you are wherever she set this thing and i I once said to her how do i do the how do you do the research and her answer was you know you just do the research and i I asked rick mccann the same thing i said how do you do the research now in rick's case rick is a a um a colonial history buff yeah you know, that's just sure. that's his thing. But Queen researches all of these different eras. Mm-hmm. And I was just amazed. And the funny thing was it, i I met her, um, oh god, it's I don't know, about ten, fifteen years ago. Um, we were at some convention or something and I was I was like a baby, I was so green. Um, <laughs> and um I, I saw her face and she smiled at me and I I thought I knew her from somewhere. Because uh-huh. she looked vaguely familiar. And she smiled and she came over and she said, do I know you? And I said, I don't know. I said, but your face <laughs> looks familiar. I said, who are you? And you know, they give you these badges, right?
2: Uh-huh.
3: So she had this badge and it was it was the wrong way. And she said, I don't know who I am. Let's see.
1: And I'm
3: thinking, <laughs> okay, right? I mean, you know, this is five minutes after I met Pugsmeyer. Do you remember Pug? Do you know Pugsmeyer? No. No. No, I don't. He's like, this, he's like a, a Lovecraft expert, and he's a really, really nice guy, but he has a very bizarre way of dressing with these huge, uh-huh. like, like uh, Mad Hatter hats and things. I think I've seen it. And, and he's, okay. Yeah, these big, wide lapels. So, so, so when she says, I don't know who I am, let's see, I figure, oh, God, another one, right? Um, this was probably my first experience. I was, like, in shock. And she turns it around, and she says, oh, and I go to her, and I, I, I look at it, and I go, Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. And I'm like, I need to touch you.
2: And she looked at me very strange.
3: I, I was like fanboy. Now, I've I've been in Hollywood for 40 years, right? I yeah. have met everybody from, you know, Elizabeth Taylor to Nancy Reagan, you know, uh-huh. one time or another. I met Quinn, I was like, you know, major fanboy. Yeah. And I just think she she's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant is. writer.
1: She, she is brilliant. You will be, be thrilled to know that she is scheduled for um, our show on April 23rd. It's a ways out, but we got her in, and she's... Yeah, I agree. She, she you know, the first time I talked to her, I met her, you know, through Tamara, and uh, I've talked to her a few times, and she is just... She is just... She's commanding is what she is, in a, in a very gentle way. Like it, She's just, also
3: very, 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 very bright.
1: She is. Oh, it's yes.
3: interesting, because... You, you we're we're supposed to be literary people and there are a lot of authors out there who shall remain nameless who really have the IQ of turnips. Um and they're 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 prolific writers and then you get somebody like Quinn or Paul Wilson. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, Paul is very bright. Um yeah. and can talk about things other than, you know, the work. Right. Um and I just think that and she's very bright. Um and oh, she's yeah fascinating to talk to, yeah, 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 I, I haven't seen yet. her, I don't think since Burbank, oh I
0: think she I last saw her in to, Burbank. She comes down hmm? at least once a year um i'll I'll mention you to her like yeah, over to Dells
3: over to Dells, yeah yeah, 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 she was
0: just she was just here her they brought her book out in a different month than usual well, you know, the, the, the time I
3: saw her at Dells I don't know if I should say this on the on the podcast, but it's funny as hell the time I met her at Dell's once, um fail was there, and you know oh. Theo started to talk. Something political, and you know Queen uh-huh. is very Berkeley. Oh yeah, and Theo was is like to the to the right of Attila the <laughs>
2: Exactly, and just
3: watching two people from completely different comic strips try to relate, which is hysterically funny. So uh, they are she so went, different.
2: She
0: one
1: her have to, have the way one she thing says. I have. One One thing I have to ask oh, you yes. about is you said you were you were mentioning how that you you you've been in Hollywood, you've met a lot of famous amazing oh, yeah. people. Okay, so you worked for Star Trek.
3: I, well, um, no, over? I worked for Major Roddenberry.
1: Okay, all right, let's let's hear Gene, about that. Gene
3: Roddenberry's G- Gene Roddenberry. Let's hear about it. Wow, my God, I, Gene had died. I was I was the, I had I had never met Gene. I had not really watched Star Trek. I mean, maybe when I was a kid, I used to call it Star Trek instead <laughs> of Star Trek. Me too. I mean, that, that was my thing, right? I never watched it. Um, I had been involved in gay and lesbian politics and a, and a friend of mine uh, had started out as Jean's chauffeur and ended up being his kind of man Friday who basically, as a matter of fact, Gene uh, actually died in Ernie's arms. Uh, uh, Ernie was upstairs. Uh, Majel and their attorney were in the elevator when it happened. Um, and, and Ernie was retiring. If memory serves, he was going to Wyoming or Nebraska to open a gay bed and breakfast dude ranch, I oh, wow. think I don't know. It was something very weird, but but that's what he wanted to do. And I, he <laughs> said the job, and I was I had gotten out of law briefly, which and I retired several times uh, through my career. For got out of law, and I was oh. looking for a job, and I interviewed over there, and and we hit it off. And I was the first person, and it was kind of interesting because I had no loyalty to Gene, I had no loyalty to Star Trek, um, because I couldn't have given a a, a good. A hoot, but I adored Majel. I called her mother. Um, uh-huh. And and years later, my therapist said to me, okay, you call your boss mother and you call your mother by her first name. There's some issues here, uh, which is true. <laughs> but, but mother, I, I adored mother. Um, she was an extraordinarily difficult person to deal with. Um, and um, as she used to say, she did not fight with anybody except Jean the way she and I fought. We would have screening matches in the in the in the of the house over things, but she, it, it was a wonderful experience. It almost killed me it almost killed me. I was with her for i think two years um and I adored her, and I was completely devoted to her i mean uh-huh. anything she, i mean within. not i, I, I like sometimes I would do things for her own good, but I was completely uh-huh. devoted to her and and she was an incredibly suspicious person because she had been so horribly abused. Because, I mean, this is Star Trek. Um, this is the... While Star Trek has some of the most amazing fans in the world,
2: mm-hmm.
3: it also has some of the most unstable. Oh, yeah. Um, some of those people are out there. I mean, look at um, um, uh, Denise Crosby's uh, 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 documentary, you know, where the, where the dentist... Uh-huh sets up his dentist office to look like a transponder room or whatever that was called. I mean, those people are rock a doodle. Um, <laughs> and we actually went to the screening of that film, um, over at the Raleigh studios and the people who were in that film were there and did not know it was a comedy. Oh my God. They didn't get it. They couldn't understand why we were laughing. Um, and and Rachel had been so badly battered. I mean, anybody, okay, house guests in that house would walk out of the house with memorabilia. Oh. You know. I mean, it was pretty awful. And so she was incredibly suspicious. And she was incredibly paranoid about stuff like that. Um, and, you know, rightly so. And so it took a while for her to build trust, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and she was difficult. She was difficult. I loved her. I loved her. Um she we I I finally we finally had a huge fight and I I threw a coffee cup at her. I was so angry I I took a coffee cup and I smashed it on the floor right at her feet. Um uh-huh. And I was so angry and and we finally even then I I I think uh, we were I worked with her for like another month or so but I just said to her I said I love you I I I I, I, I we cannot work together we'll kill each other. <laughs> but she was a she was a hoot and I mean I could tell you stories but I'm not going to tell you them in public. Um, All right. She was, a <laughs> she was a great lady, um, and she was definitely a character, you know. So, so I Gene and I just went yeah. My husband, Gene and I, um, just went by the old house about a week ago. Um, he had never. Uh, we happened to be on the West Side, and uh, we went by the uh, the old house on Bellagio, and somebody has done something uh, from what from the street horrible to it. Uh, it's just oh? a shame because the house was magnificent. It's actually built by Cary Grant and Carol Lombard. Oh, oh
2: wow! Nice.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. But they. Yeah, but she, she was fun. Oh, that's so cool. See, I I read home every day to watch Dark Shadows and to, and I my first fan fiction. Well, my only fan fiction was was Star Trek. I was a huge fan.
3: Well, well I will I tell you. I will home. tell you something interesting. Machel had a um a, a golf group, uh that she uh-huh. played with at Bel Air Country Club, and um she and Anna. Type, and she used to play with uh, with uh, Jim Garner, um uh-huh. Jim, Jim Jim Woods, James Woods, um I think Connery, but I'm not sure. Um and, and one of her and 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 uh Tom Poston, Tom Tom Poston uh-huh. um uh from, from the New Heart Show. And, and um one of Major's best friends who I adored was Norma Curtis, who was married to Dan Curtis. And Dan created Dark Shadows. Dark
1: Shadows, yeah. Yeah, so when
3: you said Dark Shadows, and I I love Norma. I thought she was a great lady. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah. Wow. Um, For those of us who are just joining us, we are talking to Hal Bodner, author of the West Hollywood Vampire series. Um, We still have a little bit more time left. And, um, Hal, one thing I would uh, definitely like to ask you about is if you, if someone asked you what, what you know, book of yours? What work really are you the most proud of that you think you know that you would recommend to people to really get a feel for 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 who you are as a writer? Um, what what book would that be? Where would you direct them?
3: It's it, it's tough. I'll tell you why. Bike Club is kind of quintessentially me. That's right. kind of the one that made my name, and 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 it's it's kind of my favorite. I think the sequel, The Trouble with Harry, is a better book. I think Harry is funnier. I think it's better written. Bike Club was the first novel. But I think to get a sense of me, um, Bike Club is kind of the book you have to read. That being said, I don't think it's the best thing I've ever read, r- written. In a weird way, um, I think the finest thing I've ever written is one of my paranormal romances oh, yeah? called In, In Flesh and Stone. But it is very sexually graphic because that's what they were paying for. But I wrote that book in three or four days after my first husband died. It came out of my head and onto the page, and I think there was some minor copying editing before they published it. It, it, it was wow. it was like a perfect child. Um, yeah. And 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 so I think it's a toss up between what you what you are into. I mean, if you're not into graphic sexuality, for God's sakes, don't read um, In Flesh and Stone. Read Bike Club because Bike Club is, is is a funnier book um and the trouble with Harry. And then I'm you know I'm I in terms of uh, and I you know, I was known for years uh, people would say to me uh, uh, you know uh, novel 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 and I would my, my response would be I don't do short work because people would want me to do short stories and I would say I don't yeah. do short stuff because for me to do a short story is is I can write half a novel and the time it takes me to do a short story.
0: Me too. Yeah.
3: I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. I admire yeah. short story writers. They're, it's amazing. Yes. But Eric Miller, God love him, um, kind of kind of shanghaied me into doing something for this 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 hell comes to Hollywood thing, and it's um, uh, it's a short story, and that's the one that made the the, the 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 short preliminary ballot for the Stokers. Um, and I, I turned it into him, and I apologized. I said, "Oh my God, you don't have to publish this. I know it's awful." And I've been reading it and reading it and rereading it now because I've I've had to reread it so many times. Uh uh-huh. because it's Joker season. It's really good. Um hmm. it's it's really a good way to get a kind of sense of me. Um it's uh-huh. not overtly knock down laugh out loud, funny the way Bike Club is. And there are there are moments in Bike Club and Harry where you are laughing out loud. Um, uh-huh. but I, I do think that hot tub, which is the name of the piece, it, 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 has a really sick kind of humor to it. And I think it's, it's, it's more me now. I don't, I couldn't write bike club now in my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, I'm past that. Um, yeah. but you know, but I
1: think if anyone's going to remake,
3: you know, bike club is, is, is the book to read.
1: Is that, cool. would you say that that's the one that you, that you, what was the hardest one for you? Do you have a book that just. Was really really difficult to get through. Oh for God,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. For Love of the Dead. Oh God, I hated that book. I hate <laughs> that book. I just uh, we got a reissue of it when when Gene and I lived in the um, in the house from Hell over in Highland Park, and I'm sure you read my Facebook post on. Um, and <laughs> yes. and we got we got a we got a I got a a, a reissue copy of the thing, and I was checking it over, you know, it came in the mail, and we're walking up onto the porch, and I started screaming. How could you let me publish this piece of... I mean, I was, I was looking at it going, oh my God, this is awful. It was such a hard book to write.
2: And it was so
3: wrong. Um, and I never should have done it. And it it it, it, it 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 was complete failure. And I wrote it because because Brian Keene and John Skip bet me that I couldn't. So the moral of the story is never write a book on a bet.
0: For sure. <laughs> ah. Was it a plot that you
3: weren't
0: interested in, or why was it hard? Um, it was, it was,
3: it was. Oh God, I don't know how much time you have. Okay, when I wrote from uh, uh, when I wrote Flesh and Stone, Ravenous Romance had four rules: four things you couldn't do. No pedophilia, no bestiality, no necrophilia, and no quote erotic rape, which is midway through the rape, somebody decides they like it.
2: <laughs> uh, okay,
3: they were the okay. four things you couldn't do. So of course, I did three of them, and I got away a with them failure. because I uh-huh. I put a twist on i it, uh, the the thing for um, for In Flesh and Stone. The the, the kind of theme was that it, it was it was uh, the zodiac signs, which I knew nothing about. Uh-huh. But Virgo was a young man who was kind of on the cusp, you know, uh-huh. and he probably was too young, but it, it it didn't matter. It was okay the way it worked. Um, there was a there was an erotic rape scene with Aries, um, wow. and then when we were dealing with Sagittarius, hello, right, half man, half horse.
2: So, <laughs> yeah. I, so I, said, I said,
3: I said to the editor at the time, I said, yeah, I said for the next book I really want to do necrophilia. And She put her head down her hands and she said, I can't believe you're even going to try it. But, um, <laughs> but and what happened to me was I got interested in this is going to come out so wrong, I got interested in necrophilia. And what I mean by that was the character that I developed in this book um, was a mortician who Uh was so... He was one of those people that never varies. He goes to the same club. He he does the same stuff over and over again. And he tells Uh himself he's looking for a relationship, but he's not willing to step outside the box. Uh Did you get that? And um, every time... (laughs) A young man comes into the morgue. A good-looking young man comes in. He kind of says, "Maybe this was the one, and I missed it." Oh. And that <laughs> keeps him from developing, and so it's kind uh-huh. of an emotional necrophilia. Uh-huh. And and I should have stayed with that scene, uh-huh. but because it's kind of interesting, it's it, it's somebody yeah. who is just yeah. using the fact that this person is no longer alive. To avoid yeah. making the commitment to a real relationship, um, which is the stuff of, of paranormal romance, um, but I, it was also in the form of a zombie book. Uh huh. And and so I had this horrible zombie creature come back from the dead, and, and it was just a. And I don't know anything about zombies. Um, and it was a mess. It didn't, it was, it was, it was sort of a horror book. It was sort of a romance. It was part uh-huh. torture porn. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was just a mess. It was a mess. Uh-huh. Just a mess. And uh-huh. I hated it. I hated it. Um, and yet, uh-huh. there's a couple of scenes in it. Um, they're the scenes that take place on the Caribbean island. They're some of the uh-huh. best writing I've ever done. So go figure. Right. Nice. It
2: happens.
0: You know? <laughs> wow, I did necrophilia a few times in a book, in a book. But a, a local cop was telling me stories about necrophilia <laughs> breaking well, you
2: know,
0: I mean, you, great have, great you go to bike
3: club. I mean I have I have yeah. no compunction whatsoever. I mean yeah. I I mean I there's that wonderful scene in bike club where where the vampire who is who is rather obsessive or compulsive and he goes from uh-huh. hobby to hobby to hobby. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, every every couple of months he's got a new hobby and and uh, and of course he never throws anything away so their closets are filled with you know the macrame the photography equipment whatever <laughs> and there's that one lovely bit where where he's um he's digging up the the um the bushes the the, the landscape outside of the Brea tar pits because he wants uh-huh. to find his own fossils
0: uh-huh
3: and he ends up switching into pottery and he 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 ends up making a set of dishes for the old lady character and he's experimenting with ash glazes mm-hmm. and he breaks into a crematorium and steals oh. human ash and he uses it to glaze the plates and she ends up serving the city council off the plates that he's given her that are glazed with human ash. That's so cool. You know, <laughs> when it's, when it's funny as shit. I mean, it's it's just yeah. you know the whole thing. And I have I'm completely irreverent when it comes to that stuff. You know, are
0: you aware? Are you purposely funny? Are you aware that no. you're being funny? No. Yeah. A lot of times
3: I'm puzzled <laughs> by it. A lot of times I'm puzzled by
0: it. Yeah. Well, the characters you know. come in, and I'm known for funny too. And the characters, I don't. I'm never trying to be funny. The characters come in and start talking, and I just watch them. And sometimes I end up laughing while I'm watching them.
2: Is that you know? I do
3: too. There's there's two lines that crack me up. I mean, first of all, as a com—I know I'm a comedy writer, so there are times when I need the joke, and I and then I'm conscious of it because I have to go out and get the joke. But there are are two lines that that I wrote, and I forget if they were in in Trouble with Harry or Mummy Dearest. But there's one bit where where Chris and Sylvia, the the two vampires, are are talking very seriously about something, and Troy, the little Twinkie boy, who's the vampire's lover, is Ranfield is bored by the conversation. And he's, he's this little tight-muscled little blonde, you know, with curly hair. And he's yeah. sitting on the couch, and he's, he's, he's taking, I think it's cognac, or maybe it's Grand Marnier, and he's he's pouring it onto his chest and watching it drip down between his pecs and trying to lick <laughs> it up at the same time. Because he's bored. Yeah. And, and in the middle of discussing this very, very serious thing, Chris turns to him and says... What are you doing? And <laughs> Troy very innocently looks at him and says, Gymnastics? <laughs> and it's a very funny know. line and I don't know where it came from. And, and I didn't intend <laughs> it. And then the other one yeah. was I needed a joke, which is um in the in the um in the climax of Mummy Dearest when when uh the over the, the top Italian vampire, the one that's got the wandering hands, he's kind of like an opera in person at press Arial. Uh-huh. Um, who's very, very, you know, uh, flaw, uh, florid and, and over the top and very dramatic, and he comes in to save the day, and he he misinterprets the situation and attacks the wrong villain, okay. and Chris, who has been, I think, staked or stabbed or something, manages to gasp out, not that one, you overgrown excuse for a cannoli, the other one. <laughs>
1: Nice. And it's a oh. Very
3: funny line, but then I needed the joke. You know, so I went for yeah. the joke on that one, you know. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think humor I don't think humor works unless it's organic. I think it's gotta come from
0: something.
1: Yeah. So I, I had a job where a humor column
3: for a while and
0: it, I quit. It was horrible. Can't be yeah. funny you, on stand.
1: Exactly, we've yeah. talked about that. We we both agree it's you know. But uh, you have been absolutely delightful. And before we let yeah. you go, Hal, tell us why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you, your website, where your books are available, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Well, the best place to get the books right now is Amazon um, because that's where everybody sells books nowadays. By um, Cob and the Trouble My Harry are available from Crossroads Press. Um, uh, my website is www.wehovampire.com vampire dot com. I am on Facebook. Um, as long as you are not an Indonesian girl looking for a husband, um, <laughs> I will accept a friend request. But when I get that, you know, hi, you sexy man, you befriend me. I'm not that. That they they don't go. No. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, and um, the um, uh, for the short stuff. I mean, hell comes to Hollywood. Uh, the second volume is just is wonderful. Um, uh, Joe Minard's coming out with a new Tales from Crystal Lake that, that uh, one of my earlier shorts about the Haunted Violin Virtuoso was going to be in. Um, I had the superhero series coming out, uh, Fabulous in Tights, uh, Study in Spandex, and The Wrong Shade of Turquoise. I had to figure out what those are. Um, and, um, and there are some thrillers coming out, but we're between publishers uh but they're yeah. going to be it's it's a gay gay private detective um and his sidekick who is a madam. Nice. <laughs> uh she 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 runs prostitutes um sure. and uh they are uh that that will be coming out uh at some point in 2015 but I don't know from who.
1: Very nice. Um thank, yeah. you. Oh. thank you. for coming yeah. on. Um you this I don't know if you know it but this show tonight almost didn't happen. We were <laughs> I am having serious computer problems and it's socked, But I am so glad that we were able to make it happen. Uh, yeah. Thank you for joining us, Hal Bodner. Um, go check his books out; these books are awesome. And uh, don't forget that we're still looking for true ghost stories. Uh, you can email our ghost your true ghost stories at hauntednightslive at gmail dot com. Uh, go to my website alistercross backslash ghost to read our guidelines. And finally, don't forget to pick up your copy of the ghost of Ravencrest, the uh, serialized Gothic horror novel that Tamara and I have been working on. We are currently uh, just finished up the fifth installment, which we're calling night moves. And uh, it will be available sometime next week on amazon.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And until next time, we wish you haunted nights.
0: And sweet screens.
1: Thank you. But, Sprinter! Did you just say, I, I love you, to that iPhone X? We're just friends. Oh, hey, I love unlocking it with Face ID.
3: Get the unrivaled iPhone X now for the best price. Just $5 a month with Sprint Flex Lease and an eligible trade-in. Hurry, limited time only. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com slash iPhone, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Offer ends 1918. Offer coverage not available everywhere. iPhone X 64 gigabyte, $5 a month after 36.67 per month. Credit apply within two bills. Requires new lines and 18-month lease. Early termination results in remaining balance due as goods tax is subject to credit. 30 activation fee restrictions apply. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk.